on this week's award-nominated Kent Non-League podcast. Tony Russell talks about a strange couple of weeks for Grey Wanderers ahead of their big FA Cup game on Saturday. It is the pinnacle. It's a pinnacle for a non-league team and a pinnacle for a non-league manager and player. Dan Scores talks goals on and off the pitch for his tabletop in Kennington side. We set out small targets at the start of the season and uh, we're certainly on track for those. While Dartford's Craig Barron Barrett picks up the man he says the best manager he's worked for. Uh, his knowledge about the game is second to none um, and it's just been a delight to play under him again. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Kent Only podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. I know I say this every week, but what a week we've had, both on and off the pitch. We've got another three interviews lined up for you this week, one of which is one of the best we've ever brought you, in my humble opinion. And, and I guess you might care about my opinion if you're listening to this show. As always, I'm John Phipps, who was an hour away from recording this week's show in his pyjamas. And on the line now is my co-host, you all know him by now, all-round good egg and possibly the only man who has admitted that the random BT Sport FA Cup pick could be on his TV early next week. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, pal? Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, well, I don't think it would be because at one stage I was going to be home alone for a while and I thought, oh, I'd watch that on a Monday. But even, I, I don't think I'd have any any eye chance of saying, oh, let's, let's watch Bishop Stortford v St. Albans, which is a random pick, isn't it? So um, I, I don't understand. There's not even a, a National League team in it. I mean, th- there's got to be better ties they, they could have picked. I, I, I don't Unless get it. Unless going on in Bishop Stortford and it's easy to get to. Well, I suppose that is a possibility, but I mean, surely you'd be looking at, surely the obvious choice here is Scholing against Torquay United, yeah. well, a team from the same level as Herne Bay at home to Torquay United. That's the pick. What well, are you doing maybe, with Bishop maybe, Stortford? Maybe because it's a Sunday, it's a Monday and it's not too far to travel, I suppose, that's one of the, but it's, it's BT as well, isn't it? Random. Yeah. Well, well, definitely. I thought it might be the red button, so... With the BT, I still have to Chromecast it from my phone, so there's a little bit of energy in doing that. <laughs> With the red button, I just press the button, so I won't, no, I won't be watching that. Oh, shame. Anyway, it's our 142nd episode this week, and I've had to be looking forward to this one. Uh, you've probably heard me before talking about my taste in music. Basically, rough rough rule, if you hear it in a football dressing room, it's not for me. Uh, I was probably most into my music around the turn of the century, and one band that I liked at that time you've probably never heard of were called Crackouts, and I saw them supporting someone or other uh, around the year 2000, and I picked up their album, which is called This Is Really Neat, and the opening track of that album, and the one which mentions the album title, is called 142. And you know what? It's an absolute belter, and it's shocking to me that it's had less than 20,000 listens on Spotify. To put it in perspective, this daft football podcast has had two and a half times more than that in total over the past three years. The whole album is cracking, to be fair. So there you go. If you like guitar music, find that out once you've listened to this show, and, and you just might enjoy it. Crack out, they're called, Matt. Are you a big fan? Never heard of them. I do like a bit of guitar music. Is it d- depressing guitar music? Because that's really it's nice sort of stuff. It's quite uplifting, actually, as these right. things go. Right. When, I, when I Googled them earlier, well, I Googled them last week thinking oh, I've got to be ready for this. And they come up as a pop band. They're definitely not a pop band. They're, Are they they're still just, going? No, no. They literally had that one album. I think they released a second album to, to no acclaim and, and then faded into the background. It's, it's a funny thing, though, as well, because there's so many bands that I loved in that sort of era who had one, maybe two albums. And I, I often find it really funny because, like, especially now I'm doing this job. Like if someone came into the B&B said, oh yeah, oh yeah, years ago I was in this band called Crackout. I'd be like really, really impressed and starstruck and they're probably just like, everyone else would be like, 
who are you? Never heard of them. <laughs> and I, but I, I, I really did like some random bands that had like one really good album and, and nothing else really after that. And, you know, I, I had one come on last night when I was on the way home from, from football, a, a song from an album. And I was like, God, this is an absolutely brilliant song. And I was singing along and everything. And then I thought, I'm probably the only person that still listens to this stuff. I've, I've got quite a weird taste in music in that aspect, I suppose. Bruce Springsteen's got a new album out Friday, though. Uh, not for me. No, I do like a bit of Bruce um, from that. But I did find out, I was driving back yesterday, Maria McKee, Show Me Heaven, from Days of Thunder, the film, when, mm. every, when every number one used to come from a film, that was number one 30 years ago. Show wow. me... That, that really must... And I always think that. So basically, 30 years from that was 1960s. So that's just mental, isn't it? When I was listening oh, to that ago, 30 yeah. years was 19... That, that seems like a well, generation ago, so... Yeah, well, show me heaven, Maria McKee. And I, of course, when I got home, I had to Google her. Whatever happened to Maria, Maria McKee? Very quickly, before we move on then, last bit of music chat. What was number one the day you were born? I've got no idea. Oh, mate, everyone should know that. I'm going to look it up now. I would probably basically write 27th of July, 19... Beep. Well, people are going to know now, because when I say... what you, Everyone oh, knows yeah. how old you are anyway. You're That's 23. I reckon it's probably sort of like the Bay City Rollers or something like that. <laughs> I don't. I, don't think, I, I reckon it'll be something glam rock. Twenty seventh July, nineteen ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the Spice Girls. Um, oh my! One, one of my God! It's only the bloody Bay City Rollers, isn't it? It was. Oh, I did not know that. What is it? Give a little love by the Bay City Rollers was number one on the twenty seventh July, right. nineteen seventy five. That is right here, isn't it? Yeah, put your editing skills. Play that song, John. I don't know about the uh, about the rights issues of that, mate. I'm not paying to put that in the podcast. Well, who's going to listen? Well, we'll see. Um, there you go. What a tune that was. Yeah. Uh, finally, to end this segment, number one, the day I was born, it's a much better song than that. It's Tainted Love by Soft Cell, uh, no, which is an absolute but, tune. So, uh, yeah, I, I always say I win these games when we discuss what was number one. Uh, the day people were born. Anyway, let's start this week's football chat with the breaking news from this morning with regard to the money which is being given to the National League. Uh, I was out last night when I saw that seven clubs were getting more than the rest of the top flight, which I thought was pretty bizarre in the first place. But since then, the whole picture has become very complicated. I mean, it's not as if I'm hugely surprised that the National League have made a right old Horlicks of this, but it has caused a fair amount of anger among the clubs. Most tenly for us is a tweet by friend of the show, Oliver Ash, the co-owner of Maidstone United, which reads, This is a scandalous and biased misuse of public funds by the National League Board. We shall be taking action together with other clubs to get the decision quashed and funding redistributed more in line with lost gate receipts. As is being pointed out in several quarters, Bournemouth, who, let's face it, get no fans and don't really seem that bothered by it, are going to receive £84,000 a month, while far better supported clubs like the Stones, York and Chester are to receive just over a third of that amount, despite getting three times the crowds. Astonishing. Uh, Matt, as a supporter of the third worst supported team in the 2019-20 season in the National League, uh, what are your thoughts on it? We'll take the money there, please, Bob. Um, yeah, I feel sorry for Maidstone and, and these other sides because I, we all knew this, how they were going to divvy it up. And if it was done by gate receipts, everybody would get a little bit different. But I feel harsh on the National like the Dulwich and the Maidstones in this world who probably get two and a half, three thousand. They have been royally screwed over on this. Is it because the National League board are probably full of National League clubs, right? We're having that. They can have the rest. But um, 
have they actually said a rhyme or reason how they've worked it out? Well, I've got no idea, but I know that the seven who've got the money, uh, that the seven who've got the most money are the seven best supported teams in Probably the National League from last play. season. Uh, I do actually have the average attendances from all in front of me. Bromley were 10th uh, last year. But what is very telling for me is the seventh team uh, who have an average attendance of 2,609 is Torquay. Uh, York City, 2,705. So I don't understand how on earth they've come up with that. And as several people have said several clubs have said what was the point in giving us our, our gate receipts telling you how much money we we would have that we theoretically have lost if you were just going to ignore it anyway and the moment i saw seven teams were getting more than the others alarm bells started ringing and you know that they had it's not as if it's 800 teams they've got to go through you know it's it's a certain amount they should have just looked at the pot gone Right, this is this is this is the benchmark. There must be some easy mathematical way of doing it and just saying, right, well, this is how much you've lost, and then just scaling it back from there. And yeah, that would be harsh on Curzon Ashton and Hungerford and Oxford, the, the teams who get less than four hundred people through the gate every week. But unfortunately that's life. You wouldn't have been getting this money if there wasn't the fans coming in. So it's got to be based on how many fans are coming in. And I think it's absolutely appalling that Boreham Wood, 724 is their average attendance. There are 10 teams in the National League South with a higher average attendance than that. And there are 13 in the National League North. How are Boreham Wood more worthy of this money than Kidderminster? How are they more worthy than Spennymore, who are getting more than a thousand people through the door every single week? It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and Oliver Ash's tweet, as far as I'm concerned, is on the money. And Oliver Ash is the sort of person who we both have a lot of time for. He's a, he's a big friend of this show. But he's not. his concern isn't just going to be for Maidstone United. It is for all the other clubs. And he sees the bigger picture. And it's not as if he's saying Maidstone have been hard done by. He's saying everyone has been hard done by apart from those clubs at the bottom of the National League, uh, the top flight of the National League. And I think that's got to be sorted out because... Also, I mean, what about Ebsley here? They played at a higher level last year. Should they be getting the higher level money because they were in National League last year? Who knows? Uh, uh, and the other side, who else got Chorley? Uh, uh, um, my, 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 yeah, my, we said this before. My argument was, if you're going to do it on that, the likes of... Sutton and Woking were given £100 season tickets out and they sold a load of them. So their gate receipts might well be less than somebody else's because they were getting it from there. So uh, it does seem to... I, I, I presume... We'll have to try and get Oliver Ash on next week, John. I presume that the National League, the South, the South and North, we only had about four votes to carry on the league, didn't they? Mm-hmm. So they've just been outvoted here. We're doing this and they had nothing. they can do nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, the, the the whole system is so weighted in favour of the teams in the top flight. Um, I mean, it, it is a way when in all decisions that they have, the teams in the North and South have like as many votes as two teams in the National League or something like that. It's, that's probably an exaggeration. But, you know, the, the team the, the teams at the top are, are taking control. And I suppose you could say, well, that's what happens in, in the Premier League uh, at, at the very top of the pyramid. But that's not that's not what this is about. This is about helping these clubs survive. And you're looking at, a team like York City, we'll take them for example, and, and their their role in making this all elite is is really by the by uh, in in terms of of all of that. But they last season their average attendance was two thousand seven hundred and five, as I've already said. Now they would have what they are well within their rights to have budgeted over the summer for that sort of attendance, 
and now they're being told actually you can have 30 grand a month from the national league it's it's insane it's absolutely insane and rather than actually helping these clubs out i would say this decision has put those clubs at the who get the big attendances at more risk uh, again again we can't very difficult to find out how much it is so if you had an average attendance of 18 a thousand people every week and go on the basis average price what 18 pound so you're again by the by on that basis if everybody pays putting together you get an 18,000 pound in gate receipts very good times that by two 36,000 right Oh, this is, this is good. I thought you were rubbish at maths teaching. No, no, I'm good at maths. So they, so basically, then you've got 50 grand you're making up with all everything else. So the sides in the top end of the National League with a 1,000 are probably very, very happy with this. And probably Dover Athletic are probably very happy how it's worked out for them. And that's what my Dover Athletic has on. They'll probably be very pleased, won't they? I'm not, well, I'm not saying that from your... From my opinion, you do, goes over to you, John. I don't want to get into trouble with Dover. You think Dover would be very happy with this, wouldn't they? I would imagine so. I mean, it's it's worked out beautifully for them because, and and there's other teams around there with the same as Dover as well. So I'm not picking on Dover, but like Bourne Wood must be punching the air. Yeah, and the money they get from Arsenal and things like that. Um, see, see, this this is where the problem is. Is like I just said, rather than it, while it hinders the clubs in the National League North and South. God, it helps the the Boreham Woods and the Dovers and and the Barnets of this world, doesn't it? Because they're the ones who wouldn't be losing so much money, and yet they're they're getting the same amount of money as as a Bromley, you know. And yeah. Bromley get twice as big a crowds as yeah, happy, Dover. Happy, and happy. and Dover are getting more money than Maidstone, even though Maidstone get two thousand. And it's not more. It's not just more money. It's a bloody lot more money, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Is that in the public domain now? How did Ollie Bayliss get it? Is it written? Is it come out from somewhere? I know the BBC have picked it up. Oh, well, I'm assuming it's, I assume it is in the, in the public domain. He's, he's so on the, on the ball, Ollie yeah. Bayliss, isn't he? So but, but, he wouldn't put it, he wouldn't put it out if it wasn't true. No, 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 but it's not. Yeah. So yeah, I, hopefully the league is going to come out and say, right, this is how we've worked it out. So, but I would have thought yeah. the likes of, about Notts County, what was Notts? Who's the highest side with the highest average average last yeah, year? Yeah, Notts County, five thousand two hundred and ten. Right. Five thousand two hundred and ten times in it by eighteen, ninety four thousand. So they they basically screwed as well, haven't they? Yeah. Which that's insane. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think for a second that every penny that they would have lost in gate receipts should be given back to them. Right. But it's got to be a fair split going down down the line in, in the right way. And for me, the, this is not a fair split. And as as I've said earlier, someone said, what was the point in us calculating how much money we'd, we, we'd have lost if they were just going to give us a blanket amount no matter what? Um, but as I say, final word on it for now. I'm really not shocked by any of this, are you? No, and I, I feel sorry for the likes of the Dulwich and the Maidstone, who's a community clubs who've built their tendencies up here. No fault of their own. They can't have people in. But the money they've got coming in is a pittance. So, Oliver Ash, if you're listening, we'd love to get you on the show next week to get your views on this. Um, you know, I don't, we don't want you to talk discussing too much figures, about, but you know, it, it, it's an abs- I feel sorry for those sort of clubs who do so much good work at part of the community and they've just been yeah, there's a, shafted. Yeah, good work, shafted. 
Right, we'll head back to the National League shortly, but we really want to share this interview with you early in the piece. Uh, ahead of the FA Cup fourth qualifying on Saturday, I thought it'd be a great chance to catch up with Cray Wanderers boss Tony Russell. What I thought this would be and what it em- ended up being were, were really quite different things. I spoke to Tony on Monday morning. Uh, things were still up in the air with regard to Saturday's FA Cup game and a scheduled league game with Bognor Regis tonight. Uh, that game with Bognor Regis has now been called off. Even despite that, I think everything in this interview is really relevant and it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, so here is Cray Wanderers boss, Tony Russell. Coming off the back of the FA Cup game on Tuesday to galvanise us a little bit. We went into a, you know, a tough fixture away at Haringey um, and, and played really well and, and you know, more than deserved it. So it, uh, it was good to get us back on there and you know, you look at it straight away and you're only three points off top. So glad yeah, we got out of that little bit. Really it's been a funny start to the season for everyone, really, in that division so far. And like you say, you've had a little blip, but you're only three points off the top. So it's important that you sort of keep that momentum. Yeah, I mean, I think it is also important that sometimes I think as a manager, you know, I try to pride myself on, I've always done that. I don't get too carried or whatever we're doing well and too low when we're not. And you just take a step back and go, OK, you know, what we played nine games this season and won seven. Is it all that bad? No, it's not. You know, it's just, you know, you had them. Um, we played okay against Potter's Bar. You know, probably, you know, on another day we win. Um, Bishop Stalford, as I say, we won them up. I asked them to watch the video back and in complete control. And then they just score out of nothing. And then, they, you know, goals change game. We just had a bit of a bad 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, so overall, you know, it's been it's been good. You know, we've we've played well. We've won lots of games. I say we've won seven games already this season, so we're not in bad form. So I think it's just more less than that. Like I said to the squad, is let's not get too carried away when we're doing well, and let's not get too down on ourselves when we're not. Because bottom line is, if you look at the last three four years, we're a good side. We win lots of games of football. So just believe in the process, and that and that process of what we've been doing in the last three four years of winning lots of games of football will happen. And if you keep winning games of football. You generally find yourself, people put trophies in your hand at the end of the season, and that's the mindset. You say you missed the Bishop Stalford game. How did you keep up with it? Was it keeping an eye on social media, or were people at the game texting you, or, or, or what? Yeah, people at the game was texting me. I just literally after the Bishop Stalford game, well, now when you go into the grounds, you've got to have uh, your temperature checked. And I was literally one point underneath it, and I thought, I, I didn't know what that was. And then I woke up in the morning, and I just felt so rough. So a couple of days later, I went and had a COVID test, come back negative, thankfully, but I just was really struggling. And then I spoke to Vianzi in the morning of the game and said, what do you reckon? And he said, you sound terrible. He said, the problem is, is if I come in and give four or five of the boys this flu that I had, then all of a sudden he's trying to cope with that. So we made the decision that, no, let's not do that. Stay at home let's try to get myself ready for the Tuesday game. So that's the decision we made. And I'd say people texting us, texting me during the game saying you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the text started coming through a little bit more negative again. Probably not really come out second half. They've scored. They've scored a game. And then, yeah, that was, I, I must admit, I don't really get nervous during football. I'm quite relaxed. I mean, for anyone who's seen this play, I just sit on a call box. I'm quite chilled out. We do our work in the, in the week on the training pitch. So, I tried to just sit there, and but being at home, I was more anxious than I've ever been. I hated it, so I had no plans to be doing that again anytime soon. Um, on Saturday, it must have been great for everyone to see Reese on the score sheet after what sounds like a really horrible evening for him down in Bristol on Tuesday. Yeah, no, it was really scary. It was just for, obviously for him, but obviously for everyone involved. 
you know, we try to, we just, we try to do a team talk and he's shouting at me, he can't breathe and to help him. So it was not nice for everyone. And I must admit, I was, I wasn't going to play him. I was, I was pretty sure that we wasn't going to play. And then he got, to, we got to the ground and him and Ali come and spoke to me and said, look, he's fine. He can play. So I spoke to Reese and I said, you sure? And he said, I really want to play. I really want to play. And he was outstanding on the day. He was literally head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. Probably the best game he's probably played for us. But he was outstanding. I think he was really grateful for the fact that the way Ali treated him, you know, Ali writes for the NHS. She's a physio, um, highly qualified, that she reacted so quickly to it. She carries all these pills and the pills you give him helped him straight away. And, and as a squad, we're in Bristol and we, we drove the coach to Bristol Hospital and we sat outside and waited for him. Um, we wasn't leaving him there. And he didn't, I don't think he realised that. So we didn't get him until four in the morning. Um, and I think once it all sunk, sunk in, what had happened, I know he bought some flowers for Ali, but he spoke to me about it as well. Just said like, you know, playing for this club is different from any other club he's ever played for. So I think he was really keen to repay that and he certainly did he was as I say he was outstanding on Saturday yeah and obviously I know you're playing Wednesday but uh Saturday is, is obviously the, the big one I suppose the, the FA Cup at, and, and and I suppose you will look at it and say the draw could have been a lot worse but you can't take Canvey Island lightly can you no no I think if you look at their look at their results they've lost one game this season that's the way to Morden and Tiptree when they had a man sent off one nil so that probably tells you everything you need to know it's um I think both. I think both clubs will look at it as a as a more than winnable game. I think they've got home advantage. They've got they've got a good side. Um, it's a tough place to go. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite an even even game. I think both both clubs will be excited about it. Obviously, you know what's come out of Canby Island last week in terms of them having to pull out the trophy was a little concerning for everyone. Um, to, to try to work out is it going to be on is it not but as far as we're concerned it's, it's going to be on and we're we're going to get Wednesday out of the way and then we'll then we'll plan for Canby Island on, on Saturday which is a massive game um, to try to get into the first round Did you have the option to, to postpone Wednesday night because obviously you're in the cup the, the league can let you do that can't they? Yeah they've, they've given us that option and we had to make a decision by Friday we've asked for an extension on that um, which we spoke to Bogner about. Well, we're going to let we're going to make the final decision on Tuesday afternoon whether we play the game or not. So it's not 100 percent that we will be playing Bogner on Wednesday for a few reasons I probably won't go into. But um, we need to obviously see what's going to happen on on Saturday first before because, as I say, there was no guarantees that Saturday was definitely going to be on. So. We're going to wait until lunchtime on, on Tuesday and then we'll make a final decision on whether we play on Wednesday. And, and obviously, as, as we speak now, obviously the game, there, there might be some doubt about it. I'm guessing if you're going to get to the FA Cup first round proper, you'd rather win the game than be given a, a bye because of COVID? 100%. 100%. As you, at the end of the day, it's not fair on Canberra Island. They, they've done tremendous to get there as well. So to get this far and to just, you know, Gives the gives the place up, you know. It's not what anyone wants. You know, we want to have a we want to have a game, um, and one of us earned the right to do that, a hundred percent. Yeah, so it is a, it's just it's just not ideal preparation in the sense that no one really knows what's going on, and as what's happened with the whole country, there's no information getting back to us. 
we had no idea. No one from the SA or Canby has really told us what's going on. All we know is one of the boys put in the group the tweet that Canby Island put out saying they've got a number of um, potential cases, hence why they've pulled out that. I'm now one of my old players, uh, Jay Sibber, is the captain down there. So my first thought was, oh, I hope it ain't Jay. Let me make sure he's all right. So obviously he's concerning. So I uh, mailed Jay straight away saying, Jay, I've just seen the news. Hope you're all all right. You're and he's and he come back and said that no, I've I've tested positive. I've tested positive on Wednesday. And he said that then another player has tested positive on Friday. There's a few other boys that are showing symptoms. Hence why we've had to pull out the game. That was on Friday. So we're like, wow, okay. And then we're a little confused because then two days later, they're selling tickets for our game. <laughs> so. I don't understand. You know, you've got definitely two cases come back positive, and then you're saying there's other people with it. And now we're selling tickets for the game. Two days later, we're, we're pumping it out, and we've heard nothing from Canby Island or the FA. Now, the problem we have, we've, we've got, we had a couple of players that spoke to us after the game and said, look, we're a little bit concerned. One of them's little brother's got an underlying lung condition. And a couple of the boys live with elderly people, and they're, and they're saying, well, what's going on with this game? I mean, are these people not going to be involved? Are they involved? We don't know. And ultimately, we have no idea what is going on. Um, the FA have not spoke to us. Uh, Candy have not given us an update on that. They give us an update on ticket allocations and things like that. But as it stands, we haven't been told nothing. I, I, for me, as I say, I really want to play the game. Even if I have to put it back or whatever, I'll play the game. But what would be nice to do is to to just get some clarity on how we can you call the game off on a Friday and then you you pumping tickets out on a Sunday for another game. I don't. That's a little bit confusing. I find that a little bit confusing. It's asked. It's getting confusing for everyone at the club. So it's not ideal. But likewise, I, I don't really want to go f- through on a buy. It's not really what you want to do. So I don't know the rights and wrongs of it, but also it would be nice if someone could just give us a little bit of clarity on, on what, what is going on and what are the rules on it. Because now I'm seeing league teams cancelling games on a Saturday and the one next week. So I'm like, well, there's one person test positive and now we've got two people have tested. But on their tweet, they've said COVID-like symptoms, but the player's confirmed to me that he's tested positive. So is it a symptom or is it a positive? I mean, do they know he's tested positive? It's just... It's just an utter madness at the moment. Um, but all we can do from our end is make sure that we do things right and we make sure we prepare for that game on 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 Saturday. Um, yeah, we haven't really got much. As I say, we don't. We have not at this point. What we know on Monday, Monday morning, and we don't know anything from the Canary Island. What's going on? We have heard nothing, hence why we're sort of trying to hold the dog in the game back yeah. as long as possible. Because what we don't want to do, if you know, if the worst case scenario and the game gets pushed back and we haven't got a game Saturday, we'll play we'll play Wednesday because obviously you know we need to get these games in. The FA, uh, the league are asking us to play a lot of games in the short space of time. We're playing three games a week. We don't want to be pushing back any more than we have to, especially if we've had a good cup run. So games are already getting pushed back. So it's all very confusing but <laughs> what I will say that that extends to the whole country in the messages we're getting coming out of government no one really knows 
what is actually going on. So uh, I don't want to go too deep on the inside, but it's just it's just a bit of a madness. That's well, just finally, Tony, what would it mean to you and to Cray Wanderers to get into the FA Cup first round proper? Oh, I mean, it is the pinnacle. It's a pinnacle for a non-league um, team and a pinnacle for a non-league manager and player. I think when you go into it, I've never had a good uh, FA Cup run. You know, done okay in leagues, but for some reason, I've never done well in the FA competitions. So to get this close, the only other time they've got Cray in their history, they've done this once before, and I was playing for Cray. We lost to Greys um, when they were really doing well in the top of the old National League under uh, Mark Simpson. We lost two 0 So I like I like uh, breaking records. You know, the, I've been at three clubs at here with VCD and and Cray, and I've broke most of their records. So if, if I, whenever I on a personal level I get an opportunity to break another record, I'm really keen to do it. So you know, we're all very excited. It's just at the moment, as I said, excitement levels are not quite hitting the levels we want them to hit because there's a little bit of a cloud over there of what of what is actually going on. But hopefully, in the next couple of days, we can get some information back and then we can we can turn our attention to to the game and, and what we need to do to win it I've never before Matt finished an interview and felt compelled that I needed to speak to you that was just astonishing from Tony Russell and and thank you to Tony for speaking so openly for, first of all uh, about what has been uh, an unbelievable couple of weeks for Cray Wanderers yeah uh, and again it puts you know, luckily Reese is okay, so that puts that in perspective. But where are you going with this whole situation? Um, I see now that Canvey can play. They've, played, they've called off their game against Bogler, haven't they, now tonight, yeah. Wednesday? Um, and Canvey can play from the players. There seems to, there has to be some sort of protocol with all this, because I see on the rugby things that teams have got eight players who've gone down with it. They're still going to carry on playing, just bringing people in. Well, um, and another thing going on this was I saw someone else, a footballer somewhere, had tested positive and he's now got a quarantine for 10 days. When did it become 10 days? I thought it was 14 days. And oh, the, the telling line for me from Tony Russell was that he's had it confirmed to him by a Canvey Island player. I have tested positive for coronavirus. I have tested positive. So therefore, by the rules, and I know the rules are changing every day and that's nothing to do with football. Uh, it's to do with a, uh, a floppy haired chap from London. Um, but I thought the rule was still 14 days. So Canvey Island should, by right, have been calling off their games for 14 days. Well, and I thought Wayne Rooney, his mate dropped him a watch off. Surely he's got enough watches, but that's a different story. He's, his mate had it, he passed it, but he's got to self-isolate for 10 days. So surely everybody, I don't know if Canvey Island, I don't know how they train, but surely that player who was um, positive is going to be involved in those players. So they would have to self-isolate or not? That's what I would have thought. They must have come into contact with each other at some point since it's happened. And I just find it all amazing. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that is just fascinating. You could hear the frustration in Tony Russell's voice there. And it must have been a nightmare for him when he was speaking to me on Monday because he's like, do I need to get my players ready for a game on Wednesday? Do I need to get them ready for what is a massive game for the club on Saturday? Or are we just waiting to see? And And that's where... It's been a consistent thing throughout, but the lack of information and, and communication from the FA down to the clubs who are affected by this on a day-by-day basis has been appalling all the way through. Yeah, and I see Barnet, they had to call their game off. They had to call their game off against Hartlepool 
because that day before their players off. I said they said they got a couple of other players who are now tested. The rest of them are okay, but they could play their cup game. So what is the difference with playing the cup game and not the league game? It's, well, it's a bit like a virus that knows if you're sat down in a restaurant or stood up, isn't it? Yeah. So, I, 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 well, we're getting bored of discussing this, John. Now, but the most important thing is um, we're hoping that uh, Cray Wanderers have got a very good chance, I would say, to get to the first round of the FA Cup. I think anybody's he said for the same the second time in their history, and hopefully, and he, and he said on there, he wants to do it on paper. He wants to go there and, and get a result. So, um, from that, have I told you the game I went to in the, um, I've seen Dover lose to Canvey in the FA Cup. Do you want to tell you no. the story of that one? Yeah, go on. Uh, I, I think I'd come back from, I think I'd been on holiday in America for the Friday night, came back, or Saturday morning, oh, let me go and watch Concord against Dover. Dover with three nil up with 20 minutes to go in the FA Cup and managed to lose 4-3. Wow. What year was that? Two, two, back, uh, 2004, 2005. Wow. So, that, so I haven't got really good... I, playing Canby Island in the FA Cup. So from there, but uh, they're at the same level, aren't they? Are they in the same league as them, Canby? No, they're a league. They're in the same league as... Um... They're the same level as Ramsgate and everyone like that. Oh, so and actually, oh. so it's a step, a, a oh, step oh, below. Well, Canvey must have been relegated because they used to be, a, you know, riding high. So, well, we know Cray score goals. Hopefully, Con, Con, hopefully it can be that Canvey Island, not Concord. You know, you, you got them mixed up train, when you were telling yeah. us your story as well about the about the defeat. No, no, no. Definitely, I've seen this win at Concord, but not at the um, thing from there. But no, I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident that um, I think either way, Cray Valley. Cray Wanderers, I'm having a Mary, aren't I? Cray Wanderers will be in the first round of the FA Cup because they'll beat Canvey. I really hope they do because Tony Russell had 250 games, done an absolutely brilliant job from there. And you can see the passion that comes through in his voice in all this and how it all works. So fingers crossed they can get a result, but I'm pretty confident they will. But that was a, an amazing interview. It shows that it's not just the big clubs you're worried about coronavirus. It's the, it's the little boys who've got to work things out. And what I like to see, he's got the care for his players as well involved in this. Absolutely, and uh, and obviously Canvey Island have, uh, have been up and down, haven't they? They had a great run uh, under Mark Stimson, and they're now actually managed by another former Gillingham player in Mark Bentley uh, is, is going to be the manager hoping to plot uh, Cray Wanderers' downfall. But, you know, I, I really hope, and, and like you, I, I really do think Cray Wanderers have got enough about them, and, and I hope that the uh, disrupted preparation hasn't affected them too much. Uh, very quick note as well, uh, I know you mentioned it already, but Reese Morrill-Williamson, when I saw that he'd scored on Saturday, I was, I was absolutely delighted because having heard a little bit of what he went through and obviously Tony Russell went through it a little bit more there. That's fantastic that he was able to get there and, you know, he looked after the physio and, and, and the way that the club, the team all waited for him when he was at the hospital. That just shows the togetherness that there is at that team. Yeah, I think a lot of the players have been over there a couple of years. You know, we mentioned that Joe Taylor could have gone to a different level. Different level. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. It was a long old trek on a... Tuesday night to Bristol to do it. They managed to get through and stayed strong, and they got the the draw. I think that they that they probably deserved. So fingers crossed they can get it. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And again, thank you to Tony Russell for that interview. It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, good luck to you uh, on Saturday at Canby Island. Elsewhere in the FA Cup, Cray Valley PM travelled to Maidenhead United, looking to also reach the first round for the first time in their history. Summer James was looking to do so for the first time in either of our lifetimes. And in fact, those of anyone under the age of 48, as they host Taunton Town 
Bromley travelled to Sutton United in one of two all-National League team ties involving our teams as Matt's boys Dover head out west for their second weekend running. Uh, destination Yeovil this time. Fingers crossed some of them make it through. There's some, there's some tricky, tricky ties in there, isn't there? Yeah, I, I, Maidenhead, until they've won the last two games, beaten Wrexham and Notts County, and now they're playing um, Cray Valley Paper Mills. You've got to fancy that be a tough ask for, for Cray Valley, but they were a good cup side. Suttonville, Bromley, you could probably um, flip a coin for that one. And Yeovil against Dover, you probably don't need to flip a coin for that one. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, yeah, so obviously we'll be keeping an eye on those and, and all the... Uh... We'll have all the news of the draw as well, which I'm sure will be taking place on Monday. Uh, and I've already certainly got in my head someone who I'll be ringing if they get through, uh, because I think they'll be pretty cock-a-hoop by it all. But we shall see uh, what happens. With regard to that, in the Isthmian League Premier, as well as Cray's good win at Harringay on Saturday, as we've already heard, folks and Victor lost 2-0 at Leatherhead. Margate were beaten 3-1 at home by Worthing before Gate lost again on Tuesday, 1-0 at Enfield Town. No wins for Gate since the opening day of the season, and they now sit third from bottom in the table, just six points so far. It doesn't get any easier. How many games they played? Okay. Eight in the league. Yeah. So, well, they didn't have a good pre-season, but they started the season well. It was a big, a good win, wasn't it? Really good win for them down at... To score goals as well. That, that is their issue, I think. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be the problem all season. I mean, they've scored six and conceded 11. No one has scored fewer than their six in their eight league games so yeah. far. Um, and it, again... How many, we've been doing this podcast three years. How many times are we talking about Margate's home form? Haven't won at home this season. And it's just so hard for them. And I mean, even it was a, I thought it was quite um, a good bit of um, trolling, as the kids call it, and from Ramsgate the other day when their game was called off against Canvey Island uh, in the FA Trophy. They said, do go along to Margate. They're at home and they're really struggling for crowds, uh, which I thought was, uh, was, was quite telling. Banter. Yeah, that's what they that's what the kids call it. Bants. Yeah, well done. But uh, worrying times uh, for Margate. It doesn't get any easier for them on Saturday either as they travel to Bognor Regis. Folkestone are also on the road as they go to Brighton Sea Region. Cray Wanderers, obviously FA Cup for them on Saturday. But on Wednesday night, they are at home to Merston in the league. Uh, obviously, it was the FA Trophy for most of our teams in the uh, South East Division at the weekend. Again, as seems to be the case uh, with our teams at the moment. A mixed bag of results, shall we say. Uh, Seven Oaks Town beating 2-0 at Bracknell. Faversham came from behind to beat Hartford Town by four goals to one. A really good result for James Collins after he was on the show last week. Absolute thriller down at Reachfields. Uh, Hyde Town 2, Ashford United 2. Hyde wins 7-6 on penalties to make their way through. Phoenix Sports beating 2-0 at home to Marlow. As we've already heard, Ramsgate got a bye after Canby Island pulled out. Uh, Sittingbourne beat East Grinstead 1-0. A really good result uh, for Sittingbourne. Herm Bay were 2-1 winners at VCD Athletic and Cray Valley PM went out of the trophy at the first hurdle, uh, beaten on penalties by Whiteleaf after a 0-0 draw. At one game on Tuesday night in the uh, in the league, the South East Division, Ashford United getting a much-needed win, I would say. Uh, a 2-0 win over Whiteleaf. Uh, your hand to horse on the score sheet there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. he left Folkestone. Uh, never really, you know, that moved to... I don't know if you look back on that career when he moved from Folkestone to Hull. Do you think he regrets that move because he went to Maystone, he got no, he got injured, didn't work out for him, went to Folkestone, didn't really work out for him. So would he have been it's better? So tough, would he have been, for... yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know, I think Hull were probably a Premier League side there. So playing under 23 football, would it have been better for him carrying on playing for Folkestone and being the main man there? But oh, again, but yeah, 
yeah, you think, you know, he was the big thing, wasn't he? No disrespect to Ashford, he's playing for Ashford, but at least he's back on the score sheet. Exactly. Uh, this weekend, it's Burgess Hill against Ramsgate. Whitstable travel to East Grinstead. Hythe Town ha- travel to Haywards Heath. Herm Bay are at home to Chichester. Seven Oaks against Hastings. Sittingbourne are at home to Whiteleaf. Three Bridges are at home to Phoenix Sports. And White Hawk is the destination for Faversham. And I think that must be surely the only Saturday we'll ever have in that season where there's not a single Kent derby. Uh, in those fixtures, which is uh, quite something. And on Tuesday night, there's a full programme uh, in that division as well. Uh, Ashford at home to Seven Oaks Town. It's Faversham against VCD. Hythe against Sittingbourne. Phoenix are at home to East Grinstead. Ramsgate take on Herne Bay. And it's Whitstable at home to Cray Valley, who may be on a high or maybe on a low after their FA Cup exploits. There's no, there's no um, extra time, is it? Straight to penalties, I take it. Yeah, still Even straight to penalties in all these games. Does that... So. Does that um... Does that carry on from the, when it go to the first round or with the extra timer from there? Do we know? I would. I honestly don't know. I think it's worked really well, actually, with the with the League Cup and everything like that. So uh, interesting to see how that will all pan out. So yeah, for good luck with all our sides this weekend. Let's, let's hope. Hopefully, everybody's going to be playing, and and we can sort of talk about the football rather than anything else really over this. And hopefully, we've got some sides in the FA Cup first round. It'd be great. Absolutely. We're into the Southern Counties East League then. We're actually going to start in Division 1. Uh, I've actually been sent today some stats about how many uh, how many goals there's been so far in the Southern Counties East League this season. It is astonishing. So far, there have been 149 games in the Southern Counties East League in the First and Premier Divisions. There have been 561 goals at an average of 3.77 goals per game. In the First Division, 46 games... 189 goals, average of 4.1 goals per game, and just the one nil-nil draw in that league so far. And one team who are really skewing those statistics are Kennington, who themselves are averaging scoring five goals a game so far in the Southern Counties East League First Division. Appropriately, their manager's name is Scorer. So here is Dan Scorer talking us through their fantastic start to the season. Yeah, extremely pleased. Um, we set out small targets at the start of the season and uh, we're certainly on track for those. Uh, you know, we, we aim to try and have 10 sheets by Christmas, uh, 10 clean sheets, sorry, by Christmas. Uh, you know, I'm on fire already, which is great. Uh, and, and we're scoring with, we're scoring goals for fun at the moment, which is, which is excellent. And you've hit seven the last two weekends, so that obviously shows something's clicked. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean... In all honesty, Sean weren't as strong as we expected. Um, you know, and we, we made quite a few changes to our side as well to, to rotate as well. So, you know, the fact that we've put some past them uh, was a bit of a surprise for us. Uh, the Elmstead game on, on Saturday, again, you know, we, we never would have expected to score score seven. Um, you know, and we went in at 2 more at half-time and I wasn't really that impressed with, with the way that we played. Um, so, you know, I made that very clear to the players and then we scored four in the first 10 minutes of the second half. So, you know, we, we showed that we can keep turning it on, which is good. How hard has it, has it been for you that you were so close to, to promotion or you were on course for promotion last year and, and then it got taken away from you and, and sort of building up and, and managing to have this good start? Yeah, in all honesty, I think it's what's driven us um, to, to start so well. Um, so very very disappointing you know the league had no choice um, you know the FA had no choice it was the right decision in the end um, but it, it's, 
it allowed us to use that, that off-season, that extra time to really um, put in the extra work in terms of preparation. I did a lot of work with the players during the off-season, made sure I was in contact quite a bit, um, set up a few training programmes and stuff like that. So the boys come back with a great mentality and, and already in great shape at the start of pre-season. So it's allowed us to work on, on all the stuff that we've, we felt that we needed to improve um, over pre-season. And, and you know, looking at the results, it's, it's certainly... Certainly happened. Was it difficult keeping everyone together? You know, there might have been some players you might have thought, well, I'm, I'm ready to step up a level, but obviously you've kept the nucleus of your team. Yeah, um, I don't think we actually lost anyone um, to a team in a higher tier, which is good. Um, you know, the, the boys, they're a great bunch of lads and, and they're all doing it for the right reasons. You know, we're a club with no budget at the moment. Um, you know, some something that potentially we'll look to do should, should we um, be promoted to step five next season. Um, but there are a group of players that have invested just as much of their money and time into the club as, as the club have invested into them. Um, you know, we, we try to make it as professional as possible this season. Uh, we've invested in um, the player tech QPS vests um, and also the VO video camera, which allows us to analyse a lot of the data and, and the work that they're putting in. Um, and the boys partly funded that as well out of their own pockets, as well as contributing to a race night and a, and a golf day as well. So, you know, everyone's working for each other and uh, it's, it's what's helping us at the moment. And I suppose you just want to keep this run going as, as long as you can, don't you? just want to keep, keep winning games of football like everyone. Absolutely. You know, and if someone had offered me, um, you know, this, this run of games with, with the sides that we'd had, uh, with the fixtures that we've had, uh, bearing in mind, I think we've we've played after we played Croydon on um, on Saturday, followed by Rochester in our next game. We've, we've played last season's top eight in the first eight games, um, which is incredible to to think that we're going to be putting points on the board or three points on the board in every game. Um, you know, so we've just we've just got to keep it going. Obviously, Croydon's a massive game for us Saturday. You know, they weren't well, I don't know if they were unfortunate, but obviously didn't get a win. Um, that they would have expected to maybe get on Saturday, so they'll be raring to go because they they, they weren't going to fall behind. I know it's only early on in the season, but you know teams weren't going to fall behind, especially um, those that want to get promoted and, and be in those top four spots. I suppose it's a difficult one because you know we are only five games in, but four promotion spots, and, and I guess you don't want to put pressure on anyone, but promotion's got to be a, almost a must for you with where you were last season and the start you've made. Yeah, it's, it's certainly our main target. Uh, you know, we, I, as always, I say to the players, we take it one month at a time or one game at a time. You know, we don't. Obviously, there needs to be an end goal and an end picture. You know, because that's what our motivation is. That's what we're working towards. Um, but at the moment, the goal is to be in the top four at Christmas, um, and then we'll assess at Christmas whether when we're, whether we're in the hunt for the title. Um, but at the moment, you know, we just keep trying to put three points on the board each weekend and then take each game as it comes. So you're expecting a, a tough test from Croydon this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they've sort of made themselves um, contenders this year. You know, they've, they probably weren't at, at the level that they they expected to be last year. Um, I think when the season finished, they were eighth, um, which I think probably they were disappointed in as well. Um, but they started the season well. Obviously, they got their first defeat. On, uh, on Saturday, a heavy defeat, but I know they had a man sent off quite early on, so it, is a, it does make a, a big change to the way you try and play. 
Uh, and certainly expecting a tough test. You know, they're a side with a lot of pace, a lot of energy. Um, but at the moment, you know, we're, we're keeping clean sheets, which is good, and we're scoring goals for fun. So hopefully as a side that will come down and not cause too many problems. And then obviously you've got the Vars a week on Saturday against the Scaffold uh, Premier Division team in Fisher. I guess that will be a real yardstick of where you are. Yeah, um, you know, and it's great that we're able to keep testing ourselves against sides of Step 5. You know, I think in the last 12 months, I think we've played seven sides of Step 5 and beaten five of them, um, you know, which is massive testament to the work that everyone puts in. Um, you know, and, and people can say, oh, they're cut downs and people rotate sides and stuff, but... You know, you've still got to go out there and prepare yourself mentally to, to face tough opposition. And, you know, we want to just keep putting points on the board in the league. And if we get the opportunity to to test ourselves against um, tougher opposition in, in the FA Bowls, then, then we'll, we'll take it. And we'll just keep working hard to make sure that we're trying to get the result that we want. I guess many teams at, at Step 5 wouldn't wouldn't particularly fancy playing uh, Kennington in the Vars. So I guess you, you, you might be thinking you could possibly go, have a decent run. So, I mean, we had a great run last year. Uh, we played uh, we played Epsom and Wilma Siddlesham early on last year before beating Cobra, um, and then eventually went out in the second round to, to a very, very good New Haven side. Um, you know, we've had, we've had tough tests in, in the town in the, in the early qualifying round. As I said, Shoreham wasn't as difficult as we thought it would be. Um, but Fisher's another great test, so if we can get through that, we're, you know, we've matched what what we did last year in our debut in the Bears, so you know it'd be great to go one better and then just see how the one goes. And just finally, I know it's a team game, but one of your strikers has got nine goals in the league already. That's not bad, is it? Yeah, twelve and eight is good, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is incredible. Um, you know, and it's a massive, massive testament to him. Um, Gary's worked extremely hard. He's one of the ones that worked his socks off during the off season to get himself back into shape. Um, he had a very difficult on off season last year. He only scored ten goals um, the whole season. Um, so to have twelve and eight is, is, is fantastic for him. Um, he's like a new player for us. Uh, and uh, I hope he continues, you know, because he's, he's gonna be a big player for us this season. I don't like putting people on the spot, Matt, but I had to say to him, given where they were last season and the start of this season and the progress they're making and how they Fair against teams from higher level. Kennington have got to be promoted this season, haven't they? There's no two ways about it. Because they're four up as well, aren't they? Yeah. Well, if I was a betting man, John, I would say they were going to be promoted. Yeah. Again, I didn't know. Kennington's near Ashford, isn't it? They Well, they play at... The, the place is near Ashford, Ashford and they play at Homelands. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, but I, it's again one of the sides... I didn't know... Before I did this podcast, I didn't know much about the scaffold, but... When you listen to these managers and they yeah, we video the um in we've got the the bibs for the GP, GPRS and things like that. The professionalism of all these clubs is so great to see. And Kennington should have arguably would have got on one, got promoted last season. They're doing very well, banging the goals in, got the VARs coming up, really good start to the season for. But you know, the underlying thing there, I think he was pretty confident they could go ahead and get promoted from that um, division this season. If, you know, if they can, if they can keep their focus and the season, the season continued, I very much expect them maybe to go on and win the division. Yeah, I, I would say that they are the favourites to, to win that league. And I thought it was really interesting you say about the, uh, 
the technology and everything that they're using. But the way he said, you know, the players have chucked in the money to help that as well. They obviously are keen to progress. And, and it goes back to a little bit of what we were saying last last week, where I said, you know, a lot of teams who had a poor season last season have started really well. Kennington and, and Cray Wanderers, who we've also spoken to this week, have, have kind of gone the other way as well is in having a really good season last year they've kept hold of of their key players and and they've pushed on again and that's absolutely fantastic to see and and you know they're certainly a club that we'll be keeping an eye on if only because of the goals i mean it's just it's insane scoring 25 in your first five league games it's ridiculous uh, i can see they considered two in the first game didn't they they have because people won against elmstead this week but yeah i think this league is if you've probably got there might be players playing below themselves in that. And if you've got a, a sort of squad, as he said, we could have got some people gone up to a high level, but they're trying to work in what they're working to. Why not? And, and they could be next season, they could be a, a scaffold Premier League side. So they're going in the right direction, but fair play to them. So you, you can only beat what was put in front of you as well. It's one of those things, isn't it? That there are at the moment, I think in, in every level, there are teams that are out of place. And, and we've said that with teams at the top end of the scaffold. Premier Division, there are teams that could certainly compete at a higher level. And I think it's the same in the First Division. There's no doubt in my mind, and they're proving it with their results in the FA Vars, Kennington can compete at the Scaffold Premier Division. And I suppose the biggest challenge for Dan this this year is to keep their, their feet on the ground and make sure they don't take things for granted. But And the way he's talking about it there, they certainly there's no danger of that, is it? That they prepare for a, a tough game every single week. Yeah, I think maybe the day, maybe I'm doing back in the my day, that teams right just probably turned up maybe at this level on a Saturday to Saturday basis and didn't do the training. But clearly they do all their hard work off the pitch. They know about the opposition. They know what they're going to expect, and and going in the right direction. I think that's I keep saying this. That's one of the things you come out of this pod is how professional all these sides are, whatever level they are. They might not be paying the players. I don't know what Kennington pay, but players are. Are buying into he, he did say they're, they're not paying them. Well, there you go. So people are buying into it and maybe they think, right, I'm Kennington. I do a job there and maybe I could be earning some money in a couple of years time if I'm working with that. I'm sure they're going to let players go forward. Absolutely. Uh, elsewhere in the first division on Saturday, it was Brighton Ropes, Neil Kent, Football United, Neil. That was the first nil-nil uh, draw in that division this season. Uh, Holmesdale 3, Greenways nil. We've already heard Kennington beat FCM, said 7-1. It was Lidtown 1, Forest Hill Park 3, Rustall 2, Lewisham Borough 1, SC Thamesmead 5, Croydon 1 and Stansfield 5. Meridian VP nil and also Sutton Athletic for Snodland Town nil. Uh, so a good result for Sutton Athletic. And I notice, I've noticed for the last couple of weeks, Ali Desange back uh, in the Sutton Athletic ranks. He was a big part of their cup run last season. So hopefully he will continue uh, to, to bang the goals in for them this weekend. Uh, we already know it's Kennington against Croydon. We've also got FC Elmstead against Holmesdale. Greenways against SC Thamesmead. Kent Football United at home to Forest Hill Park. Meridian VP against Lidtown. Rochester at home to Bryden Ropes, Snodland Town against Rustall and Stansfeld against Sutton Athletic. One game Monday, SC Thamesmead against Forest Hill Park. Let's move on to the scaffold then. Well, unfortunately, we've been talking uh, more about stuff off the pitch rather than on it. Um, the game between Sheppey United and Corinthian on Saturday ended in a 4-3 win to Sheppey United. A dramatic finale with goals in the 99th and 101st minutes. Uh, for Sheppey coming back to win that game by four goals to three. But all the talk has been 
about unsavoury incidents, Chris Kinnear sent off uh, in stoppage time for a, a pretty ugly two-footed lunge. Uh, Warren Mafula sent off a Sheppey uh, for his reaction uh, to that. There was a, a, a big dust-up. And after the game as well, that there were incidents. Um, some of the coverage that I've seen this week, I think, has been pretty disappointing and, and, and very one-sided. Uh, and we don't want to get involved in that. Uh, I'm sure there are rights and wrongs on both sides of that. I've spoken to people at both clubs and I've seen both, I've seen both sides of the story. Um, but ultimately, no matter what's gone on, it, it's not acceptable from anybody. The, the league have launched an investigation into this. And, and it's such a shame that what was a brilliant game of football between two of the very best teams in this league is, is tainted by stuff that's gone on away from the pitch. And it, it's, it's really, really a disappointing thing because that game was an absolute cracker I was I was keeping up to date with it on on social media and I couldn't believe what was going on and then to hear everything that went on after the game and all the mudslinging that's going on um I, th- I think it's it's really 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 disappointing and you know, I, I just want to get back to talking about what's going on on the pitch and on the pitch that's a brilliant result for Sheppey showed a bit of character um I think beforehand we knew this could be a bit of a feisty affair uh Sheffield have come through. I would love to see the scenes in the last two minutes of that game when seeing either side of it. Um, I have seen the winner actually. It was uh, there's a video doing the rounds which I can probably send your way. Um, and is there scenes? Oh, definitely. Yeah, scenes would be the the. Be the and what I will say about that winning goal um, from Sheffield United, and obviously I did see them play last month myself. Um, they're so patient with the ball. They, they, even though they're chasing the game and time is running out or, or they're, they're, they're looking for a winner, they're so patient. The build-up is is wonderful and, and the finish by Midson at the end is is, is really smart. Um, and, you know, you've just got to say, Sheffield United, that they stick to the way they want to play their football and that's going to stand them in good stead. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a very good result for them there. Corinthian, see they bounced back last night and there's a long way to go in this uh, division, but but all of the top sides score a lot of goals, don't they? So, and, and it could come down to this season, John, is the results these sides have against each other, which could be the difference if you're going to go up or get promoted or in the playoffs from this division. So, it's but it's it is a, a, a very very good league. I know we've had a few issues off with racism, and now this. Hopefully, we can talk more about the football. To be honest. I think it's one of those where the results against each other are the keys, but also those teams that can just be tricky. You know, I, I fully expect uh, as a games, a lot of games that Corinthian, Sheppey, Chatham will win them all. But it's your deals away. You know, it, it's your your Beersteads who can one day be world beaters, another day's not. Your Hollands and Blair. It's how you get on against those games, against those teams that's going to de- decide this title race. And I still think even though they lost on Tuesday night, I still think Tunbridge Wells are very much in this race as well. Um, I think it's a four horse race and it's fantastic that it's going to play out in this way but let's just hope for everybody's sake that we can all talk about what's going on on the pitch rather than stuff that's going on off it i think that's that that's the disappointing thing we've had thus far uh, yeah the corinthian tumbridge well shepherd chatham you'd have thought well beckenham's still one of the sides up there and hollands and blair you know got games in hand as well um yeah it, it, it's a great league a really good league um this season and, and I think it's got potential to be even better as the, as the season goes on absolutely the other results on Saturday um, Beerstead 2 Glebe 5 
Chatham Town had a quiet day. Chatham Town 8, AFC Croydon 3. Hat-tricks for Ryan Hayes and Dan Bradshaw in that game. It was Deal Town 2, Tower Hamlets 1. Irith and Belvedere 3, Canterbury City 0. Fisher 1, Tunbridge Wells 3. Hollands and Blair 2, Wellingtown 0. K-Sports 1, Lordswood 1. And Punjab United 0, Beckenham Town 7. Just your average uh, Saturday there with some with some scores in there. Uh, lots of games on Tuesday night as well. Beersted beat Crowborough by one goal to nil. Beckenham beat Tunbridge Wells 3-0. It was Deal nil, Hollands and Blair nil. What are you doing, Steve King? Sort it out, mate. Uh, Irith and Belvedere it's 1. Money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be seeing Steve O'Brien for a curry tonight. So, um, well, hopefully, you make know, sure he wage, pays. Exactly right. The wage he's on, him and Kedwell, they're going <laughs> to compare wage packets, couldn't they? Hopefully, he'll be paying tonight. Find out nil nil's cost us money, isn't it? Yeah, Irith and Belvedere 1, Corinthian 5, uh, Glebe 2, Tower Hamlets 0, Sheppey United 1, Lordswood 0. Um, should mention very quickly, Emmanuel uh, Oliadi of Corinthian, who scored five goals this week, a hat-trick in the defeat uh, on Saturday, and uh, and then two in the first 20 minutes as well uh, on Tuesday night. And, and interesting stat that came round, Matt, that I wasn't aware of, Corinthian's defeat on Saturday was their first defeat in 51 weeks in the league, home or away. Astonishing. That is amazing, isn't it? Certainly Absolutely isn't. Amazing. Fair play. And the fact they bounce back on Saturday, on Tuesday shows they've got something about them. Against Sirius and Belvedere side who on Saturday won for the first time in the league in 2020. So plenty going on in and around the scaffold at the moment. Uh, this weekend, well, there's supposed to be there's some games on Wednesday night. Canterbury against Chatham. Punjab against K-Sports and Wellington against Irritown. Punjab against K-Sports. There is a pitch inspection there because it has been pretty wet. Uh, on Saturday, AFC Croydon against Corinthian. Canterbury City against Punjab. Crowborough against Irith and Belvedere. Irith Town against Chatham. Fisher against Deal Town. Hollands and Blair against K-Sports. Lordswood against Ballum. Sheppey United against Beckenham Town. Tunbridge Wells at home to Glebe. And Wellington are at home to Beersted. No midweek games uh, next week. So that'll be nice for everybody to have a, a bit of a breather and maybe have a session uh, on the training pitch. So that will be good for them. That just leaves us then with the National League. Uh, we're going to start in the National League South as well, where on Saturday, Matt went to see Dartford. Not a lot of goals in a Dartford game at the moment, but they did enough. They beat Bath City 1-0 uh, to maintain their unbeaten start, and they still haven't conceded a goal this season. So Matt decided to grab the nearest defender he could find. It's Craig Barron Barrett. It's a good record to start off with. Uh, it's a good base. Um, I think the goals will start to come. But at the back, we're doing our job, and then that's all we can really do. If we build a base, um, keeping clean sheets, then you've got a chance of being up there at the end of the season. You've got quality in this squad as well this season. You know, last season came so close, the club did. Is the belief that this year you can go even further and get promoted? I'd like to think so, but you never know in this league. Um, everyone sort of strengthens. Um, so you just got to be aware. You do your bit. Uh, let the boys at the top do their bit and uh, let's see what happens at the end of the season. Bit of a surreal today, start of the second half with the linesman not bringing it out. Um, as a player, what's in your mindset there? Because we assume the 15 minutes you've got, you want to get involved straight on it, then you've got to break for another half an hour. Yeah, it is tedious. Um, you've got to keep yourself warm and stuff and that is horrible because it's like you've got to do another warm-up. Uh, you've just done 45, but I think the boys that we've got, we've got a togetherness. Um, and we all just said we've just got to get on with it and just treat it like the first half again and go for it. So that's what we've done. Um, I think a few boys are a bit leggy last 10, 15 minutes, like myself. But yeah, we'll be all right. Um, but it was enjoyable at the end. Oh, you look at the um, quality of the squad here, the midfield players you've got to give the ball to. It's good, good for you. You can bomb up the wine, but you've got Jeb, Hussain, so they're really good footballers as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I'd like to say it's like probably one of the best three midfielders that we've got with Jordan sitting as well. Uh, they all complement each other. Sometimes I think we overplay, but I think that will come with, with games. We'll um, know when to put the ball in the box. I think today we put the ball in the box quite a bit, to be fair. Uh, but the strikers probably haven't been used to that in the last couple of games. So I think goals will come anyway. You know Steve King pretty well from work with him before. You know, what's he like as a manager? He'd kill me if I say anything else. But yeah, no, probably I'd say my best manager I've ever played under. Uh, his knowledge about the game is second to none. Um, and it's just been a delight to play under him again. What made you want to come to... Is that the reason you came to the club? Because he's the manager? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and he gets the best out of you? Always. He knows how I play. He knows my strengths. knows my weaknesses. Um, and, yeah, I've just always enjoyed and I've always had a good record playing under Kingy. And what's your hopes and dreams for the rest of the season? This season, it's a very difficult start with the games not coming. You not, might not be playing next week as well. Is it difficult to get into rhythm? It is, but I think... I think it'll be nice to have the fans back because I think that gives us that extra push, especially the last 20 minutes of the game. Um, but ideally, we'd like to get promoted, but you never know. we just got to keep like one game at a time, uh, doing our bit and just see where it takes us at the end of the season. But it'll be nice to have the fans back. I like that there where he said, I'm not going to say anything else other than Steve King. He's the best manager I've ever played under. But I, I do get the feeling, Matt, that he would be a good manager to play under another one of those you'd look at and you, you can see he gets the best out of his players yeah uh, for Dartford very binary this year 1-0 0-0 1-0 aren't they with games they've won um, very look very solid play some lovely football they've got some good footballers in the middle of the park Steve King has drilled it into them you know uh, Berkeley Ashapong uh, Jack Jeb Noor Hussain very comfortable on the ball and you've got Jordan Winter basically He's the sort of um, the water carrier in the midfield who, who does all the donkey work to provide it from them. Defensively, looked very solid. Um, it was a strange afternoon with the game being delayed at half-time because of the referee, the referee and saw their linesman being injured. Uh, to me, Dartford look a good side. My only concern, is there enough goals in the team now? Um, you've got Elliot Romain, who had a good season when he came in last year, but not the most prolific of goal scorers. Jack Barham looked very lively up front. Um and there, I think Dartford are a very resilient, organised outfit. Um, they've started the season pretty well. Just need somebody on the end of those chances. If you've got somebody on the end of those chances, it could be a very, very good season for them. But all in all, I was pretty impressed with them. Um, very well drilled. Steve King knows what he's doing. And as Baron Barrett says, he probably gives them the freedom to play on that. So to bomb on and to support it. So um, if I was a Dartford supporter, I'd be pretty happy and pretty... Um, thinking it could be a very good season yeah I mean it's been a it's been a decent start I mean I suppose that the key things is is to keep the goals out and they're doing that and so that that's a that's a good sign as far as I'm concerned for Dartford and I'm sure the goals will come you know obviously they've got Barham in up front and he's a, a good player he, he can I'm sure he's live wire up top you know he, he never stops hassling and he scores got he scores goals he scored everywhere goals. else he's been so I'm yeah. sure that that will click in time and it's still obviously a new partnership uh, with Remain and and you know you look at that Dartford team and, and they've got to be among the favourites to 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 get promoted this season because they're just a good side, aren't they? And and and, and have a good manager against the Bath side. Bath were one of the sides expected to be up there. I think Steve King was will be delighted with that. The only issue they've got now, John, is it it's fits and starts now because of course they're at the FA Cup, the cup and the side they were supposed to be playing is still in the cup. So 
they're start not playing as games regularly as they would do. Could work to their advantage, of course, because you should be playing a lot, a lot of games later on. But I think he'd rather be playing games and maybe head of steam above some of the other sides who's still in the cup. That's what, I think that's the frustration they've got at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, well, talking of frustrations, though, on Saturday, uh, I would have minded being a fly on the wall in the dressing room, the away dressing room at Slough uh, on Saturday, where Welling were 4-1 up and drew 4-4 against Slough Town. Two really late goals as well. I would imagine uh, that Brad Quinton, who's, who's, we've spoke to a couple of times, seems quite a mild-mannered chap when you speak to him. I'd imagine he probably wasn't feeling so mild-mannered uh, on Saturday. Well, it's a, you know, 4-1 up at Slough, 4-2 up against Slough. That's a great result. You know, they've had a difficult start of the season, going out of the cup, playing Maidstone, and then having a week off. But it would be absolutely distraught with that, wouldn't it? And I think there's a picture on social media holding his head on the um, on the bench. But yeah, he's normally mild-mannered, but I'm sure he's gone absolutely ballistic at his players. Um, and maybe in the in the long run, couple maybe work to their advantage, right? We've got to make sure we finish off games a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, you have to laugh as well. Matt Gerrard going to a game that finished 1-0 when all the other games involving our teams in that level on Saturday were insane. We had the 4-4, we had St Albans 3, Ebbsfleet United 2, Tunbridge Angels lost 4-0 away to Oxford City, and Maidstone United continued their good start to the season with a 4-1 win over Hemel Hempstead. And, and I think, Matt, Maidstone might just be the real deal. From what I'm seeing, th- th- there's some good results in there. Yeah, I, I showed it again. The FA Cup was a bit of a disappointment. Hemel Hempstead, I think, be one of the whipping boys this season, but game last season, maybe Maidstone would have struggled to break sides down. So we've got Luke A in, and I know they looked at him in the summer. On his day, he's a real box of tricks. Rendell, you know, didn't score, score goals as well. So, oh yeah. I'm impressed with the boy Seaman as well, from from what I've heard. Charlie Seaman? Yeah, he's online from Doncaster, didn't he? He was at Eastie yeah. last season, so that's a good signing. I, I think Maidstone, of course, disappointed to go out the FA Cup, but I think their priority is to try and get back into the National League uh, next season if they can. And from there, but I think they've had a good start to the season. Absolutely. Well, again, that league's not going to settle down for ages yet, is it? Well, of course it isn't. And, and with the stop-start, as, as you say, this weekend, two of the t- Kent teams do actually play this weekend. Uh, Chelmsford City is the destination for Maidstone United, while Ebbsfleet are at home to Hungerford. But they're the only two games in the National League South this weekend because all the other fixtures have got at least one team that's still in the FA Cup. So it has meant a lot of postponements. And I'm guessing, of all the Kent teams who've lost a game this weekend, Dartford will probably be the least happy because they could have had a long trip to Chippenham on a Saturday rather than now I'm to do it on a Tuesday. But uh, that's one of those things. Well, with, uh, the, with the Cup coming up again, there are going to be games all off if teams get to the first round. And then you've got the then you've got the FA Trophy. So, yeah, this division, when's it going to settle down? Maybe look at the new year, isn't it? I'd imagine so, yeah. Uh, just quickly, then we'll finish with the National League. As we said last week, Bromley did not play uh, on Saturday as their game with Altring was called off due to the home side's uh, COVID issues. It was just F1 game uh, and it was a little surprise to, to most of us that Dover lost again, uh, beating 2-0 at Torquay. Uh, changed the goalkeeper again, Mersin back in between the sticks, but didn't really have the desired effects, Matt. No, and they've got a guy in from Arsenal now. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's, this not, is why you're on this podcast. You're the Dover expert. It's not Bird Leno, but it's a, a, another, not a 18-year-old, 19-year-old goalkeeper. Tom Smith has signed from Arsenal and it seems to be he's going into the team. Um, as I said before last week, goalkeeping issue was a problem. So he had a loan spell at Salisbury. Um, if you're at Arsenal, uh, maybe you are a, you know, you've got a bit of potential. So they've thrown it in. I don't know. Uh, uh, 18, is it a bit tough for him going to the Oval FA Cup? You never know, it could be a bit of a hero. They brought somebody in from Watford. Again, Arsenal links. I don't know if it's Adam Birchall. Um, 
the guy they've got from Watford was at Arsenal Academy as well. So Adam Bircher, of course, former Dover player, knows Andy Hessenthaler well and works with the Arsenal Academy. Maybe he's recommended these players to, to Andy Hessenthaler. So, yeah, I'd, it's always going to be tough at Torquay. Torquay, top of the league, aren't they? So, um, hopefully, if Dover can get defenders back, they've still got problems scoring goals. So, um, I'm praying for penalties on Saturday against Yeovil. Well, good luck with that one uh, for your Tuesday night. Uh, you, you, of... Will Dover get through to the first round of the FA Cup, John? Um, how can I put this tactfully? No, 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 Matt. No, they won't. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no, 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 I'm with you. Well, you know, straight well. We'll have to concentrate on the league then. That's the most important thing. Well, absolutely. You can start concentrating on the league on Tuesday night. So you're at home to Eastleigh, uh, while Bromley are at home to Weymouth uh, on Tuesday night. And Bromley will obviously be uh, pretty ring rusty, having only played two league games themselves uh, so far this season due to various uh, reasons. That's uh, pretty much it for the football chat. Anything uh, anything else you want to add, mate, before you go back to work? Uh, no, not really. I've watched Roadkill, that new thing with Hugh Laurie. Oh, was it any good? I wouldn't waste four hours. Okay, that's good. Um, that's I did, it. it didn't look like my sort of thing, to be honest. Yeah, it, was, it didn't seem to go anywhere unless they're getting for the second series. You know, one of these things now he's prime. Well, I'll give it away if people are watching it, so I won't say that. Okay. Um, anything else going on? No, uh, not really. No, not next, no, next week you might have to record in the evening, but that's about it. And rather than that, and I suppose you've been Billy Big Boys with your Chelsea boys. <laughs> Blue is the colour. Is that right? Yeah. Drove all the way up there last night to see another nil-nil draw. As I said to one of my colleagues, it made a difference from sitting in my office watching a nil-nil draw. Um, Any good? It, anybody? Anybody impressive? It wasn't a good game, to be honest. It was. It wasn't very good. Uh, Thiago Silva was was pretty good, but he's 36 and and his experience showed. But uh, what uh, this is how exciting my night was. Do you know what one of the most exciting things was last night? As I was driving home, I was. Uh, I was driving past a, a football stadium and I thought, oh, I wonder who's, whose ground that is. And I looked and it was one of those teams that keeps being drawn out against Kent teams in the Vars. Collier's Wood United. I went oh. right past their ground. I now know where that is. Oh, well, all right. so, but, but how, how was it easy getting in with Chelsea, was it? Yeah, fine. Usual issues that I have there with with parking. But yeah, I just had my te- I had you- to fill, fill a form out on the, in the morning, had my temperature done. Masks all around the place. Job done. Any any famous ex-pros wandering around? Uh, I saw Jan Mulby, Glenn Hoddle and Pat Nevin. Yeah, Mulby, what's he looking like these days? Like Jan Mulby, basically. He's, he looks all right, actually. Yeah, fine. Who's he working for these days, then? He was for a Danish TV company. All oh, right, that's big in Chelsea v Seville. It was big in Denmark, was it? Obviously, it must have been. Uh, also, just very quickly on TV, um, Taskmaster was back last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh God, it was fantastic. It just cheered yeah. me up. And, and also, mate, I don't know if you're aware of this, but on Sundays on E4, they're doing a family-friendly version of it. So they take out all the swearing so you could watch it with the girls. Oh, right. well, we could do that. Yeah, so might do that. what time is that on E4? Oh, I've got to find E4. Six o'clock on E4 on Sundays. All oh, right. So, but honestly, I've I've seen the clip of, uh, and this is probably a spoiler, but I've seen the clip of Daisy May Cooper and trying to get the drinks in the caravan three or four times, and I'm still laughing every single time. What an absolute! <laughs> when he tears into her about being like she's in Magaluf and um, and hoying points on the floor before she even started, just gets me every single time. Absolutely, no, I did really it. cheered I me up. That's, that was a, yeah, I quite like that. That was a good program to watch. Nothing else. I'm really no, it's not much. Nah, I'm off. Really... I'm off for a curry tonight, so that's about it. Exciting. Um, I'm just living with the excitement of um, wearing a mask. Really. 
and the, and the roll of six to start what what guidelines will be coming next anyway we better leave you now that's lucky there's only six of us going out tonight so oh good that's all right then. Um, all right, we'll leave you there then because we've prattled on for far, far too long. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm on Twitter at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thanks again to all of our guests for their time this week. Dan Scorer, Tony Russell and Craig Brown Barrett. And uh, thank you to Matt for his time as always on his lunch hour. I'm sure he'd much rather be having a nice sandwich somewhere. And we will speak to you all next week on the next episode of the Kent Only Podcast. Good luck to all our Kent sides in the FA Cup. Hopefully we can uh, get through and hopefully you get a decent draw. I remember when you used to say funny things at the end exactly, of the Exactly, I used to say funny things. Well, I've got nothing else funny to say now, have I? No, 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 I've got all funny. Leave that bit in, though. Okay. <laughs> Let's just edit now. Bye. Bye.